denying this right now. Don't want it to be over. Empty. Obviously very sad. Right now it's uh, not easy. I'm sure we'll think about it and like I said, reflect. But uh, right now, not a good feeling. We battled there at the end. I tied it, but I just didn't get this one. We played well. We battled hard. We had a chance to win all those games, and they found a way to get the big goals at the big time. But I'm proud of our guys. We battled hard. Kept competed every night. Ooh, welcome to the season finale of Up in the Blue Seats, our New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post. You just heard some of the quite depressing and sad reactions from some of the Rangers players after the game six loss in Tampa, the Rangers fall two one and their season, their magical season, their playoff run of the conference finals has come to an abrupt end. We will react to it now with our host of up in the blue seats. She's done a terrific job all season. Her first traveling the globe with the Rangers. That's our queen of the post, Molly Walker. And our co-host, who you might have saw at American Whiskey at our post-game podcast on Thursday night, it's Rangers great number 10, Ron Doogie. Doogie, what a playoff run. We had some fun, but as they say, all good things come to an end. There's a Yankee story you're accustomed to hearing. This is not that Yankee story. The 1990 Yankees. It was rock bottom. A horror show, a laughing stock. There was a ball player who brought live Krugers into the clubhouse. I was in a relationship with Mel Hall at the age of 15. Are you kidding me? How was that acceptable? This is the Yankee story they don't like to tell. It really was the Bronx Zoo. Bronx Zoo 90. Crime, chaos, and baseball. Streaming now, only on Peacock. Yeah, it was, uh, well, when you listen to the players, because I was a player, I know what it feels like to feel like you have an opportunity to go to the finals and possibly win the Stanley Cup because it's so hard to get there. And the journey to get there is very difficult. Uh, There's the game that's being played that's difficult. But what makes it fun is how, as teammates, you come together. You come together like brothers, and you go through a whole bunch of stuff, whether it's injuries, uh, victory, defeat, all of that brings the guys together. So when it does come to an end, and let me not forget the fans, the interaction with the fans, especially at Madison Square Garden, the energy of the building is contagious. You just want more. So when it comes to an end, like the Rangers are hoping a game seven to go back to the garden. And when it ends, it hurts. It takes a while to recover. But when you look back, yes, it was an incredible season, good playoffs. We got more than expected. We didn't know whether they're going to get beat in the first round or make it to the finals. So it was somewhere in between. And I hate when I'm right when I said I thought that the Lightning would win in six. You weren't far off. You said five. I know. You said and five. I a lot of shit for it for the capital S. We knew something about the Lightning and we knew a lot about the Rangers that the Rangers could have and they showed us that they could have. But the Lightning are so strong, especially when it comes to goaltending, that they can tap into something that they've experienced before. And you got to give credit also to the good coaching. I think Cooper's done a wonderful job for those guys. He's similar to Gallant, where he's a very likable guy, very calm guy, very educated guy. And the guys play for him. So knowing that I had, and plus what we saw, what they did to the Florida Panthers, uh, we thought, well, maybe, but 
I thought six and you said five and and then we'll have Larry on later who said Rangers and seven. Yeah, overall, good stuff and a lot to look forward to, well, next year, but this summer, what are they going to do? All these free agents. I want to go back to something that you said, you know, you said they could have and after they go up two nothing in the series and then they were up two nothing in game three. And I'll tell you, I saw panic on the lightning bench. It was there. It was very apparent. It was all over John Cooper's face. It was exuding off the bench. There was real panic there for a hot second, but that's also what completely turned it around for Tampa. I think it was in that moment that really separated the Rangers from the lightning from a team that was here for the first time in five years and a team that was gunning for their third Stanley cup. The lightning are just a seasoned group that knows how to close out series, how to close out teams. And I think that that's where the difference came up between these two teams. But I mean, for the Rangers, obviously a lot of people didn't even think they belonged in that series to begin with, let alone the second round, getting out of the first round uh, after going down three to one against Pittsburgh. So I think the Rangers have a lot to be proud of this season and this postseason. But I think that the next step for this Rangers team in the playoffs is taking a playoff series by the horns and running away with it because that's something that they weren't able to do this postseason. They were backs against the wall six times and that's going to catch up to you eventually. You can't keep playing like that. So I think that that's the next step for this Rangers team. And that's totally doable because now they have the experience and and if they get back to this spot, maybe they'll be able to tap into that and, and have that desperation knowing what can happen if you give up a series lead like that on a team that is also in the conference final. That's my two cents. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to want you to add to your two cents. There's a, really become obvious to you that the two seasons are so separate, regular season, the playoffs, you see the players who've had success during regular season and they go into the playoffs and not so much. So I think that's as, as management huddles in and discuss the season, looking forward to next year, they're thinking, okay, we can win the Stanley cup, but can we win with him, him and him, right? Even though they're, they're good players, and they've had good seasons, can we go to the distance with these guys? And that's why if you were to have a discussion with Wayne Gretzky, uh, Messier, guys who've won four or five Stanley Cup, Brian Trottier, they'll tell you. While we can even look back at 94, uh, Mike Keenan, he knew, not that they had won the Stanley Cup, but he came place, but he knew the team that had a good season wasn't, they didn't have the character on the team to win. So they went out and got different players. I, well, of course, Stefan Matteo was one of them. Uh, Glenn Anderson was another one. But going into next season, they're going to make, they need to look at certain players. And one player we can discuss right now, and that's Strom. You know, we, we've liked him. We liked how he fit well with Panarin, but the two of them weren't shining in the playoffs. So those are discussions that they're going to have. And it's where I'm curious to uh, see what they're going to do, especially with Strom being a free agent. No, that's totally a fair point. And I actually wrote about this when the Rangers were going into game five of the first round, you know, because obviously if if they were to lose in five, that would have been a pretty glaring disappointment, I think, because for, for a couple of reasons, but mainly because the core that the Rangers have right now on the roster is who they have going forward. Like, this is it. They have so much money wrapped up in guys like Mika Zibanejad, Artemi Panarin, Chris Kreider, Jacob Truba, Adam Fox. This is who they have decided. This is their core. This is it. They're locked in. Almost all of those guys have no movement clauses. So they're locked in. 
you know, so that's why if the Rangers were to go out in five in the fashion that they did, there would have been more stock in it because this is the team that they have. This is it that, you know, the rebuild is really the rebuilds over. This is this is their team. So I think that, yeah, there are loose ends to tie up and including Ryan Stroman, we can get into him right now, but this is their team. Yeah, there will be some filler guys, but they have their core guys locked in. So it is encouraging the fact that they were able to crawl out of that three to one hole and make it to the Eastern Conference final because they do have that resiliency DNA in them, which is, you know, can't be taught, can't be bought. They have it in them, which is a good sign. But getting into Ryan Strom here, I am very curious to see how this unfolds. I don't think it's an encouraging sign that nothing was done during the regular season. And we can ask Larry about it because I know he's, you know, he has a better understanding of the situation, but I think that they might prioritize Andrew Kopp over Strom at this point. I know that Andrew Kopp is definitely at the top of their list of all the uh, trade deadline acquisitions. And that makes sense. He's such a versatile player and he's similar to Goudreau in the sense that you could really plug him anywhere throughout the lineup. So to have two of those guys is, would really be great. So definitely can't afford both, but Andrew Kopp, might also have a higher price tag than Ryan Strom does at this point. So I guess we'll see what happens. Right, because you look at Panarin, a little bit of a disappointment, but I like Panarin regardless of uh, his performance in a play. I still like Panarin because of uh, he's such a good teammate. He's such a likable guy. And when you look at, I mean, you got to get into the playoffs, right? So he's one of the big reasons why they got into the playoffs. I wonder if they're thinking, is Strom the right guy to play with Panarin? Is it a coincidence that Strom didn't play great and nor did Panarin? So are they thinking, well, potentially we move Strom and get another guy that can play with Panarin? That's another conversation like this, be sitting on, <laughs> wondering what are they thinking there? But the good news is the kid line. The kid line, right? And is so it, the kid line was making news? a difference. Is it good news, though, where we're about to go with this conversation? Well, that's that's why everyone's wondering what happened to Cockle. He wasn't performing as much as the other two, but he fit in it it was working it and maybe he wasn't lighting up the score sheet but he does a lot of intangibles he does a lot of things that don't come up on the scorecard he drives the four check he's so good along the walls he knows how to use his body how to dig the puck out of the corners and that's why i think that line did so well offensively and look like we know Gallant really was never a fan of them. It it just in the way that he talked about them, he fielded so many questions about how great they were doing. And he just never really, it was very clear that he wasn't as thrilled about it as everybody else was. And maybe that was a defensive aspect. I remember at one point he said, you know, they're a minus four and now I don't care about plus minus, but they were a minus four. He said, you wonder if he says that Molly to try to keep these kids level headed. Absolutely. He totally does. That's something about we've talked about with Gallant. Like he, he's such a, he, all he does is want to empower his players. He'll never, you know, harp on his players. He has Alexi Lafreniere a couple of times, but like nonchalantly. And I think as a way to push the right buttons with a guy like him, but how you play, I'm not saying that this would have made a difference. I don't think it would have made a difference. I, I think they were going to lose game six. I think they were gassed that we talked about that the back-to-back seven game series, it caught up to them. And then the lightnings being off for how, however long they were waiting for the Rangers after they swept the Panthers, it totally helped them in the long run. But how you go with Dryden Hunt over Capo Caco and then, and as well as 
a Ryan Strom that was clearly fighting through an injury. Something must have happened. I do think something must have happened with Kako. I don't know what it was, but I also think that they knew it wasn't going to make that big of a difference either. So I think that they went with what they thought was right for maybe Kako's development for, you know, teach him a lot. I don't know. I, 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 it's so hard to speculate. I don't know, but something had to have happened. Because he didn't want to discuss, he didn't seem happy. I got to tell you, it wouldn't take much. It would not take much under the pressure that the coach is in to possibly go talk to a player and he kind of gives you a look. You might be discussing something. He gives you a look or he doesn't give you the answer you want to hear. That's all it would take with Coach Gallant. Don't know if, that, if that's what happened. But I want to switch gears a, a little bit because we've been talking about free agents. I want to talk to uh, Larry about this. The one player is not a free agent, but he was my player to watch. And I felt like he uh, became one of the star players or noticeable players on the ice. And that's Keandre Miller. I'm wondering if they're thinking now, we better sign him now before he comes out of the gate next year and has a phenomenal season. Then he's going to cost us a lot more. Do you think about do we get him now long term? I wonder if they're thinking that. I think that'd be a good question for Larry. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, Keandre had an absolutely, I think he had a great playoffs. I think he had a great season. He took a lot of strides in a lot of different areas in his game on both sides of the puck, which I think was huge for the Rangers. And I really, that for the most part, that Truba Miller pair was really good this season. I know Jacob Truba had a pretty up and down playoffs just all together in, in a lot of different aspects. For the most part, Jacob Truba also had a really great year. Yeah. Well, if it wasn't for Truba and the hit on Crosby, they don't make it out of the first round. 100%. I really don't. Yeah. And Ad Adam Fox actually acknowledged that uh, when we were asking him to reflect on the season, he was like, you know, we could have been done in five in the first round. It totally and and it totally was possible without that hit on Crosby. It changed the whole dynamic of the series. It really did. And I thought that was so interesting with, with what happened with keeping Crosby out. I think that they were trying to get Truba suspended, honestly. I think that that was their ultimate goal. And I think that Emily Kaplan, you know, she was the one who reported that Crosby was concussed. I think she got played, you know, because they they just wanted to have something out there that insinuated that that Crosby was was concussed to try and help their case. And it just didn't work. Mm, yeah. The Rangers, a um, couple days ago, they're at it right now. They're signing players and Kravtsov, who uh, yeah, very we weren't sure what his future was going to be with the Rangers, but they, they don't want to give up on this kid. And I don't blame them. You know, give him another opportunity. Give him a second chance. Uh, I can't imagine he's a bad apple in the room. He's just a young, immature <laughs> kid. Sometimes you make mistakes. And uh, what does that mean? I don't know if I'd go as far as say bad apple. That's a little bit of a harsh assessment. No, what but... I'm saying, he's. I don't <laughs> think he is. I'm saying I wouldn't say bad apple either, but I do think that he's not as all for one, one for all like everybody is in that locker room. You don't refuse an AHL assignment if you aren't. But Molly, sometimes when you're young, you get bad advice. Right. No, you get bad I, advice. And of course, it, he is young. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I get bad advice. It could be an agent trying to get more money, trying to do this, try to do that. So I want to take another look at this kid, because if he gets bigger and stronger, 100 percent. And, and with their cap situation, too, if Kravtsov is able to make the roster, make the opening night roster and secure a top six spot, that would be huge for the Rangers financially. 
like they wouldn't have to worry about about going out and, and getting another right winger or or just another forward in general if if uh, Kravtsov could actually become a part of this team. I think financially it would be huge for them. Speaking of financial, let's go through these free agents. I want you guys to just give me a quick, will they stay or will they go and why through the Rangers free agents? Let's start. We start with Strom. I know you talked about him. Quickly, Molly, first, stay or go and why? I think he's going to go. I think that the Rangers probably want to look at the open market. I think it would have been done by now. They just they have a certain amount of money to give Strom. And if he's not going to take it, then they can't and they can't sign him. Uh, I think go because uh, I don't think you can win a Stanley Cup with him as your top centerman, one or two. I don't think you win a Stanley Cup with him. He doesn't command a certain power that it takes. He does have the leadership he's liked. He's a nice guy, works hard, but he doesn't have that power that you see in other top centermen. Andrew Kopp. Molly, I, I, uh, I'm not sure about him. I mean, he's, he's effective. He can score goals. If I had a choice between him and another guy who's got more foot speed, because I just see the difference between a guy who has the speed to maintain that speed. When you're tired, you get slow. Guys that are fast can still maintain the pace even when they're tired, when they're good skaters. He did win face-offs, you know, competed hard. I'm just not sure. I guess it would be, I'd have to look at what does it cost you to keep him? How much money? Yeah, I think that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, so I do like him, but I'm not sure. If it's going to cost you $8 eh, I don't think so. Yeah, they can't afford that. I don't know if they can afford that. Yeah, I mean, it. I, like I said, I think it's going to come down to money, but I think that the Rangers do like him a lot. So I think I'm just going to go with, if, as if I'm saying between Strom and Cop, and I'm going to say Cop stays. Frank Vetrano. I think he's gone. Hey, don't get me wrong. I think his shoot first mentality was so great for this team. And I think that they need another guy like that. But I don't really think he fits into the bottom six, which is where he probably should be. And I don't think he's good enough to be in a top six role in the long term either. Yeah. See, he's another guy. He's another guy that I, I don't mind him because I, I like, like, I like him and Mott and I like, I like the way they, on different lines, they push the pace on the forecheck, on the back check. Mott is so good at that. Yes. The two of them are good at it. They're noticeable. It makes a difference on the back check. Often on the back check, they come back. Someone goes down, they recover. On the forecheck, they're good. So I like how they play fast. But Toronto is, does have a good shot. So to me, it all depends on what does it cost you to keep them. So it sounds like the next name, you're both in on Tyler Mott. I'm going to say yes, just because I personally think that they should keep it. That if I were sitting in the president general manager position, I would keep a guy like Tyler Mott. He, what a, what a great, what a great dude. And what a, what an awesome player, just an energizer bunny on, in every crevice of the ice. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement. And I'm sure he's not going to cost you much more than a million and a half, million, million, two, million and a half. A few more before we get to Larry. I'll bunch these together. Braun, Rooney, McKay. Any of them intrigue you to stay? I think Rooney. Who's, who's Braun? Who's Braun? Just, Justin Braun. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but one. no, ab- absolutely not. Who's Braun? He's, <laughs> he's so funny. No, just not, just not. He's a big guy. He's just not noticeable on the ice. He got beat on that one goal. What goal did he get beat on? It's a couple of them, Ron, honestly. Unless they do something about Patrick Nemeth's contract, which, you know, they could, if they can find someone to take it um, or buy it out, whatever they decide to do. But even still, I don't think that they would go with Braun also because Braun coming from being a top pair guy in Philadelphia. I don't know if, if he would take what the Rangers would be able to afford 
to give him. So I don't think Braun, but Rooney, I think Rooney will stay. I think Rooney is one of those glue guys that you need. Everybody needs a Kevin Rooney in their room. He plays that role so well, so, so well. So I think Rooney definitely stays. And then McKegg, I think McKegg is more likely to stay over a guy like Julian Gauthier just because he'll come cheap and he knows the depth role. That's what he's been his entire career. He's good at it. And he's a, also a really good dude. Can we talk about my favorite free agent, Georgiev? Oh, Georgiev. <laughs> that, that was next, the restricted free agent. I yeah. assume you want him gone as quick as possible. It's nothing personal. Nothing personal. It's a fact at this point. He, he's going to be wearing a different jersey next season. It won't even be in the NHL. <laughs> wow. Well, let's yeah, hope the Braun and Georgia family are not that I disagree with. That I okay. disagree with. I think. That All right, I bet you. I bet you a dime on that. He'll probably end up in the KHL. No, I. I, I, I don't see. He'll be a backup somewhere. Okay. Well, I'll bet you a dime, Molly. He does not right. become a backup. Someone might get him, but he's not going to end up as a backup. No, it'll be three practices, and they'll say what. <laughs> He's going to go brutal. to Edmonton and become like the star goalie in Edmonton. And we're going to. Oh, my God. Molly, what are you drinking words. this morning? <laughs> <laughs> the tequila you were drinking. It's nothing personal. It's just it was it was I just couldn't believe. Yeah, when it sounds pretty personal. Keep, <laughs> well, only because I want the Rangers to win. It's personal that way. OK, if Shesterkin would have gotten hurt in the playoffs. That would have been it. That's the season. You well, that would have been it no go. matter what. It wouldn't have mattered who was their backup. Anyways, I uh, no. he won't even know. I'm telling you, he if he ends up, someone may pick it up, but he will not make a team as a backup in the NHL is what I believe. Well, blow for Alexander. All right. Last name, Kako, restricted free agent. Oh, Stay God. I think we should just wait to ask Larry about this one because just – what a what a bizarre situation. Let's I, save it for Larry. We need, Larry we need a, a pro story. to come in here and address yeah. this. Listen, I, I, I'm just going to say this one thing. I, I like the kid line as a unit. I like what I saw. Don't break it up. They're kids. They're playing hard for each other. Unless there's something we don't know, unless he's gotten an argument with one of his team. I don't know. But for what I saw, it's a kid line. Keep it together. Start the season off with them next year. Might I add that this episode was recorded before breakup day. So the first question that I plan to ask at Gallant's press conference is now that you, you know, it's not that night. Can you please address it? So hopefully he does. I wouldn't hold your breath, but. Are you going to be asking him that question from a distance? Yes. <laughs> I might stand in the back of the room. <laughs> yeah. Put put your helmet on. <laughs> Stay safe out there. Yeah. It's dangerous. All right. We'll go to the pros pro one more time this season. I'll up in the blue seats. And that's the New York post. Larry Brooks next. Six shekels and you can do what you want with it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey Hall of Fame Rangers beat writer at the post, Larry Brooks. I, I think there's room for different styles. There's room for different resumes. Are you sick of me? 
after spending three straight days in the car next to this space. <laughs> it was a rather pleasant experience, I have to say. Because you've been doing this, what, for over 40 years. It's an important part of the experience to understand the fabric of a team. Giving Henrik Lundqvist his nickname is, is one of the coolest things in my entire career. He blames or gives credit to you for that nickname, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, Lara, I'm in agreement with you. No. <laughs> okay. It was great to get to know Brooksy, and he became part of my journey. You know, he was there every day. One year, the Islanders gave out bathrobes that uh, lasted for about a game. You know, guys were walking around in their bathrobes like, what, what is this? We're only seeing the tip of the iceberg. All right, can we ask Larry a, a, a yeah. hockey question? We- it's a two-part answer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yes, welcome in Larry Brooks for the last time this season. Larry and I had so much fun this playoff run. <laughs> yeah, we, did. we we did. We went jet skiing together. We had a lot of great dinners. It was a really good time, Larry. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was great. It really it was. No, it's terrific. Wait, can we get an update on the jet ski thing? Because we never oh, heard the story God. behind this. There wasn't even much of a story. It's just it was it was the best time ever. We had no one so got hurt. much Everyone fun. Was good. No. Everyone made it back. Yeah. <laughs> Larry a had a time. blast. It yeah, took Larry a little bit to get used to it. But once he did, <laughs> then he started ripping it, right, Larry? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Larry, we liked the picture of your hair was kind of all over the place. No, nah, it was good. Listen, I, I, no, that was spiked. <laughs> no. look, guys. It's a look. Oh, you were in a boy band there for a second. Uh, no, I, as, as usual, I was just following in Molly's wake. You know, it was, you know, pretty choppy there for a while, but you know, smoothed out. <laughs> oh, it was so much fun. What a, we were the story of games three and four. We couldn't walk anywhere in a Mal- Amelie Arena without people being like, "How was jet skiing?" That's <laughs> <laughs> great. All right. Well, anyway, getting back to the hockey. Uh, first question has to be just your thoughts on the Capo Caco scratch and I guess anything that you've heard that could shed some light onto this situation. No, I remain mystified. I can't imagine there's a larger story because as we know, Caco was on taking warmups and if Strom had not been able to go, Caco would have played. So I, you know, I, I don't think there's any larger issue here other than it appears to me that coach thought that Dryden Hunt's speed, you know, maybe more physical approach to it gave them a better chance than Caco. I, I don't know. I mean, but you can see during, during the entire run, honestly, where the kid line, you know, was providing energy on, you know, a majority of their shifts. Um, you could just see that that you know their their ice time was was limited throughout you know pretty much the entire playoffs. The coach just did not buy into the kid line. You know he just didn't, and it you know it it was always uh, it, you know it was always mystifying. It it always was because you take a look at their numbers and their numbers align with the eye test. It's not as if they were this wow factor and they created a false impression because when you check the numbers, the last two series against Carolina and Tampa, they were not on the ice for a goal against. So, you know, they were pretty diligent. They, I mean, they, they had the puck in the offensive zone. They, they were the one line that always looked just to get the puck in deep, you know, and Heedle had a, you know, a breakout, I, you know, I thought a couple of weeks there and, and uh, you know, Lafreniere plays with a real mean edge and, and, you know, that's something the Rangers really need. And he was, he was, you know, one of the very few guys that played with this hard edge, this mean edge mentality, every shift. And even against, even against Tampa, and you saw him 
you know, pretty disrespectful against Victor Hedman, but good for him because Tampa Bay was disrespectful to the Rangers all series as they should have been. So, but the coach just, you know, the, the coach never gave, gave the kid line a featured role. He just didn't. And for whatever reason, that's the way he played it. And um, he decided to sit out Kako. And I have no idea what this means for Kako's future. As we know, going into restricted free agency where he's eligible for an offer sheet, he's got all the leverage right now because the Rangers cap situation will not allow them to match an offer sheet that comes in in the four and a half, five, five and a half million dollar range per season if he can attract one. And if that's what he wants to do, if if Kako after this, you know, wants to leave, then the Rangers will have little choice but to try and move him before he can he can sign an offer sheet. So I don't know, honestly, you know, but, you know, maybe Kako's OK with it. You know, may, maybe they had a long talk. I, I just don't know. It didn't prove to be a move that gave the team any spark offensively the other night. You know, they couldn't do anything. A really puzzling situation. Yeah, I really do hope that that they address it in some facet because just not going about it the way that Gallant did after the game only drew more attention to it. No question, but it but it's also very consistent with the way he handled those types of questions all year. You know, and when he just, you know, when he deferred questions about lineup decisions until off days, he, he did that, you know, routinely. Of course, this was not necessarily a routine issue, you know, and, and this was not a routine game. You know, it was, it was the final game. There There is no, you know, there's no between games off days anymore. So, uh Listen, they, listen they, they have everything to be proud of. They do. As an, orga- as an organization, they do. As a coaching staff, they do. You know, as a locker room, they do. Individually, they do. You know, they just do. It, it, was, it was a smashing success of a season for them. It was a smashing success of a playoffs for them. It's just unfortunate it ended the way they did. You know, it's just unfortunate it ended the way it did, you know, when it when it seemed so close and and it did when when it was two nothing in game three, it was close. And then it became so, so far away. <laughs> and, and honestly, and you could see them playing over the last couple of games. And it was what I think people feared that the Rangers just wasn't going to, you know, the, the Rangers just were not going to be able to compete. And and they try. Believe me, I don't I don't think there was anything lacking in their compete level. I think they gave what they had. I think they you know they completely ran out of, ran out of steam. And and I think a lot of that is due to the way Tampa Bay played. I and mean, they were just relentless physically. They were big back there. The Rangers could not get to the inside. They could not get to the net. And yet here they here the Rangers were. You know, one one in all these games. And yes, a lot of it had to do with Shesterkin, of course, but the goalie is part of the team. The Sabres didn't apologize for having Dominic Hasek. You know, the the Flyers didn't apologize for Bernie Perrant. And, you know, the Rangers have no need to apologize for Shesterkin. But, you know, they battled hard enough that, you know, they were in all of these games and you know but they you know but they had they have steps to take they have large steps to take let's talk about that going back to the last game uh, it was obvious to me that the rangers just looked yes they were getting out work but they also looked tired they they just couldn't keep up where in other games they they looked like they could keep up with the speed but they couldn't so i think they were outworked but is there anything else that kind of stood out to you moving forward cuz we're talking free agents now who stays who goes especially the impactful players we're talking strom is there anything that stood out to you in that game you thought well you know what if they're going to go the distance next year they need this or they need that 
Oh, yeah, for sure. They need size up front. I, I don't think there's any doubt. They need to become a much, much harder team to play against up front. And, and you know, they face, and, and Chris Drury faces the same dilemma as every, as every general manager does, and that is that you need to be able to make the playoffs. So you need to be able to play in the regular season. You know, you need to win on skill in the regular season because the regular season, it's a skill league. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're flying all over the country. Teams aren't game planning um, as much. And, and your big time players are just winning games for you routinely. And your power play is routinely, is routinely winning games for you. And that's what the Rangers do. But you also then have to have a roster that's capable of, of, of winning playoff style hockey in which, you know, just about anything goes. And the skilled guys can be suppressed if they're not certain types of players. And the Rangers have the skill guys and they're and and they're going to have to make sure they have enough of them that they're not on the outside looking in because it's you know it's it is a difficult task to make the playoffs. So, but to me the the one step the Rangers have to take is is to remodel one of their top nine lines into a hard-edged line that's going to get to the front of the net that's going to go north. And that's going to be a beast to play against because they don't have they don't have a line like that. And I think that's what separates. We'll see how Colorado does. But but if Kadri is back, Kadri is, you know, Kadri gives them a totally different look. And I had actually talked about Kadri last offseason as as a possible solution for the Rangers. But that's what I see from them. I, I think they need, you know, they, they need a team that can grind. They need a team that can uh, get in on the forecheck and uh, they need guys that can get to the front of the net when they get to the final four. Because that's what's you know that's what they're going to need to do to get through the East. Larry, we want to quickly rattle through the Rangers free agents and give us a quick stay or go and and why. Starting with Strom, every one of these decisions I'm going to answer the same way, and 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 that is it, it depends on the price point. The Rangers have very little maneuverability, and and that's what's going to make Kako you know very interesting because Kako is coming off an entry level where he just doesn't have the numbers to to make a big leap, but it's not going to you know. But is he going to be willing to sign a two year bridge contract? contract i don't know you know that's that's what makes them susceptible to an offer sheet so if they are reserving space for caco that affects everything they do if 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 they believe that caco is not going to be back and they're going to replace him with an entry-level guy somehow that's a different story i i i would be surprised if ryan strom is back because um i can't imagine that they would increase their offer to, to you know over the one that Strom is already rejected, you know, and, and again, I, I think they need a, um, a a harder edged player in that kind of a role. They're, you know, they're going to have to remodel their team because they're if they're breaking up Panarin Strom, then they have to reimagine what they're doing uh, with Panarin. Is he staying on a different line than Zibanejad or, or is it finally time for him to play with Zibanejad? I think, you know, all of these decisions are going to be interlocked. I think they would want to keep Andrew Kopp. It, it depends on the price point and the, the price point also includes the term. I'm sure they want to have Tyler Mott. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt that they want to retain Tyler Mott, but how many players can they have making a million five, let's say, on their fourth line? That they can't. So, you know, they're going to have to make a choice, I think, between Tyler Mott, you know, what happens to Ryan Reeves, second year of his contract. He didn't play the final two games. Do they think that Reeves is more valuable to them than Mott? Where does Kevin Rooney fit in? He's going to get a bump over his 750. Can they afford him? I mean, I I think they would ideally love to have Rooney and, and Mott both on the team. I think they'd probably love, like to have 
Reeves back too, but I can't imagine how they can make it work under the cap. So, you know, every answer, I will refer you back to the cap and to the price point. Larry, I got to ask you, uh, a player that's not a free agent, but uh, he was my player to watch and perform really well going into the second round. That's Keandre Miller. Do you think it'd be wise for them to be looking at his contract now versus waiting until later, where if he has a great season next year, he'd be very expensive. Try to grab him now at a long uh, on the long contract. Oh, I think that's a, that's a really good point. It would, in, in addition to, to locking him up, it would give them more certainty about what their cap situation was going to be going forward. The question is, do they want to see him doing it again, A? And the question on his end is, is this the best time for me to negotiate an extension? Do I want to have a better year next year? Um, but listen, I, I, I um, um, that's a great point. That uh, I, I would think that's something that that uh, Drury would want to do in the off season. I think he'd want to do the same thing for Lafreniere. Again, I, I think he had, an, uh, you know, he didn't score after Game Five of the Pittsburgh series, but I, I thought he was extremely impressive. And again, I. I uh, I love the way he uh, he played with such a mean edge and and with such a, an, an arrogance on the ice when he's going up like you know in his first time around he's going up against Tampa Bay you know that's that's winning its eleventh straight series and he says I don't care you know I don't care who you are I, I thought that I thought that was great I really did I thought that was great I thought that's one of the big things they can take out of this too thanks so much for your time today and all season you were great and we'll chat again soon and thanks for bearing with me Molly <laughs> at, at home and on the road thank you. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you guys later. I would prefer to be by the pool, but talking hockey with you guys is always fun as well. All right, Ron and Molly, that'll wrap up episode 95 and season three, the Vinny Lettieri edition of Up in the Blue Seats, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Well, thank you, Jake and Andrew. Uh, yes, um, the Ranger team uh, came together as a group. Fun to watch. You see, you love their compassion and friendships. And uh, and I like to say the same about our team. I thought that we had a good season. We did well. And it's fun working with you guys. Having said that, and I know our audience loves uh, what we do. I get a lot of good feedback. So for all the listeners, Jake, what would be next for us? You know, we're going to talk draft day. What, when are we going to do this again? I think it depends on what happens in the offseason. We expect lots of moves to be made, whether that's re-signing guys, whether that's signing someone else. So once they sign a big name, I, I can't pinpoint a time right now. We need some time. Molly needs to hit a beach and, and recover a little bit. Get a Desperately. Vacation, maybe a nap in, you know. Yeah, maybe five. Spirits. So when big news strikes, we will be back. But I got to say, I really enjoyed this Rangers run, too. I was never a big hockey guy, but this past season, I have been enthralled by this team, their mantra, the spirit, the playoff run, the garden just being electric and it was something that this city needed after a pandemic that people lost lives people lost their jobs you know people were in a, in a rough state of mind mentally and i think that's what sports brings us all together but i think this rangers team brought a lot of people together during this postseason run and i expect the same on the mets and yankees you know listen to amazing but true if, if you're a mets fan who's need some podcast fix but i'm excited for what new york brought everyone together and hearts thank you for all you've done and i think you've had a fun ride too and hopefully we'll get future drummings along from you. I know you'll be drumming away this summer. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Doing a tour with the band and uh, drumming across the U.S., which will be a lot of fun. But this was an absolute blast getting to work on this podcast with you all. I mean, so many fun times, so many good stories. Getting to watch Game 5 in person with Ron at MSG. What an absolute blast that was. And of course, running into Molly on the bridge while she's working and doing her thing. A lot of fun. But honestly, 
the insight that both of you guys bring to this podcast, in my opinion, it does make it one of the best must listen to Rangers podcast. It, 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 it's true. It, it really Thanks, is. And it's Andrew. just, it was so much fun doing it with you guys and working with Jake too, I guess. But, I you guess. Know. That's not very nice. Molly, what did you enjoy about us? I always love coming to do this podcast. <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, it's so much fun. I love, especially our uh, post sports plus subscribers. I want to give you guys a shout out for all of our mailbags and and all the questions to answer on the podcast and stuff. I think that was probably my favorite part. And obviously getting to hang out with, with all of you guys as well. The Rangers have a lot to be proud of this season and Rangers fans should be really excited about this team for years to come. So tune in next season. It's going to be another good one. Where are you traveling to, Molly? Do you have a trip booked that's my not couch. to an obscure city like Raleigh? No, my couch. I plan on not leaving it for the next 24 hours after breakup day. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy your summer. Hags. You know, I was hags, going through, I was going through an old, old high school yearbook when I was home <laughs> and I saw a lot of hags. And it reminded me, have a good summer. Hags. Hearts gave me a look. You remember hags. Everyone remembers. I've hags. never heard of hags before in my life. No way. You lived under a rock wow. then. Never heard of hags. <laughs> Ron doesn't know what planet we're on when we say hags. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, you, I just checked out. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's check out on this season. Thanks, Andrew Hearts. Thanks to Molly Walker, Ron Duguay. Thanks to Larry Brooks. I mean, we talked to people at a couple of watch parties who said their favorite part of the show is actually Larry Brooks. I'm sorry to you guys, but they love the insight that Larry brought. Makes a lot of sense. And listen, when you're a Hall of Fame writer like Larry, that's why we bring him on every week. I think he he keeps it real. He'll tell it how it is. He'll he'll say if a guy sucks. And we love Larry's honesty. We love his writing. You can check out Molly and Larry's writing in the New York Post, nypost.com. Catch up on all old episodes you missed from Up in the Blue Seats on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Go listen to those. Thanks to American Whiskey and Cadillac for our last live podcast we did. Thanks to those loyal fans who came out after what was a tough loss. What a season for the Rangers. Stay tuned for when we'll be back this offseason, when the Rangers do make a big move. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Enjoy your summer. Let's go, Rangers. And thanks for listening to Up in the Blue Seats. We'll see you next time.